feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Let's go! Effervescence about the way we passed it and moved and a lot of good running with the ball as well. So, yeah, delighted. Just take it from here to St Mirren here on uh, Saturday. It won't be easy, but, um, yeah, we'll be looking forward to the game there. I'm demanding a lot every single day. We've got some real good technical players and I thought the goal was a technical goal, but we didn't come here to play a technical game. We come to play an effective game, so we're going away with exactly what we deserve. The Home Radio Football Show with Rob McLean, Stuart Kettlewell and Richard Foster with OPC Energy Limited, the renewable energy specialists. Call 0808 17 17 700. Let's go! Well, Rangers are running away with the title and they're setting a pretty hot pace in the January transfer window too. They've today confirmed the pre-contract signing of Bournemouth defender Jack Simpson and they could be cherry picking cherry picking again with Simpsons teammate Namdi Offobor believed to be another Rangers target and that deal could go through shortly as well. They've already signed Aberdeen Scott Wright for next season so Stephen Gerrard is already building for next season. No incomings so far for Celtic, although hold that thought because uh, there is information possibly about that Ben Davis deal going through as a pre-contract for Celtic, the Preston defender, on the back, of course, of the £10 million plus departure of Jeremy Frimpong. But they did get their first win of 2021 last night. Rangers won at Easter Road to stay 23 points in front in the Premiership with just 12 games to go. It is countdown to the title, surely. But should Alfredo Morelos have seen a red card? And maybe hip skipper Darren McGregor as well in the same game. Could that still happen? Retrospectively, we will see. It's 12 games unbeaten now for Livingston. And they're only five points behind Hibs with a game in hand. And what about that score at Tannadice last night? A 5-1 win for St Mirren after their League Cup letdown. Uh, could the Buddies have a great chance? It looks like it now. A great chance of getting themselves into the top six. Motherwell off joint bottom after getting their first win since Graham Alexander took over. And... Scotland's under-21s have been grouped with Belgium and Denmark in the qualifying for the 2023 European Championships. If you want to cast your mind that far forward, uh, they will also face Turkey and Kazakhstan. In the course of the show, we'll be talking uh, to Stephen Presley, ex of Rangers and Celtic and Dundee United and Hearts and quite a few others. We'll be getting his thoughts. And also we'll be talking to the former Celtic goalkeeper, Jonathan Gould. He was part of the Celtic team that stopped Rangers doing 10 in a row way back when. Also, he played in uh, Dr. Joe Venglos' team. We've, of course, been remembering uh, the great man and his uh, passing 
in the last couple of days. Well, I think that's you just about uh, across uh, what we're going to be talking about, who we're going to be talking to in the next little while. It's Rob McLean here on uh, Thursday on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, we have uh, Richard Foster with us, ex of Rangers Aberdeen, St Johnston, currently Partick Thistle. Uh, currently not doing very much at all. <laughs> and uh, talking of currently not doing very much at all, uh, we're also joined, delighted to be joined, by the former Ross County manager, Stuart Kettlewell. How are you? I'm good, Rob. Yeah, looking forward to being on the show. Um, nice wee change of scenery for me, obviously, to, to have such a quiet time the last couple of weeks. It's nice to be nice to be talking about football again. It's not so much a, a media opportunity as an exit route from homeschooling, to be perfectly honest, for you with your four kids. Yeah, uh, I think that's, I don't know if I've been driving them mad or, or vice versa, but it's, either way, it's nice to get out of the house for a little bit and uh, talk a wee bit about football and not be looking over maths that I'm not prepared to do or capable of doing uh, yeah. for a primary six. And of course, you know, the, the, what, what COVID affects us all, COVID has disrupted everything massively. And what it means for you specifically, I guess, at this stage as an out-of-work manager is that you would be going to all sorts of games here, there and everywhere and maybe taking in some training sessions and the, the inevitable invitations that will come your way to have a look at how other guys work, how other people work. And, and of course, at the moment, that can't happen. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, you speak to a lot of managers and a lot of people in the game. I think generally, when you're sacked, it's it's a great opportunity to go and learn, uh, to go and pick the brains of others, and and, and see how other teams operate. Um, and I've had a few offers, but it's just not been possible during this this lockdown. Obviously, during the pandemic. So, I think from my point of view, it's it's looking over a lot of stuff that I've done personally um, and trying to see if I can evolve and look to see if I can try and improve in certain areas. Um, but I would like to I would like to get out there, obviously, and and try and meet different people and get away from that sort of bubble of Dingwall which I've, which I've obviously been involved in for the last uh, decade or so um, Oh come on you don't want to get away from the Dingwall bubble surely <laughs> Sounds like a condition <laughs> You said it <laughs> Well I come from there so um, I come from Invergordon so I know all about the Dingwall bubble uh, I take it that uh, Richard Foster would be one of the finest players you've ever worked with Would that be, would that be accurate? I have to say that I'm I'm, I'm within striking distance here, Rob. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, absolute absolute top pro. Uh, Richard was Richard was fantastic for us, as in uh, just driving standards on a daily basis. I think uh, it's probably been well documented that. Uh, he, he does that uh, in a kind of emotional way he does that in a way where he, he tries to bring the best out of his, his teammates I, I think it's fair to say that he would challenge coaching staff if he feels he's not he's not been no, tested I can, enough I can imagine that uh, <laughs> but no I, I believe it's always done in the right fashion um, and, and I'm pretty sure he's doing that at Partick Thistle these days as well Bit of a struggle to drive standards on a daily basis at the moment Richard isn't it how are the, how are the mini sessions going um, well I've got one other person I can drive the session with so, <laughs> um, and I've been put in charge because I'm the oldest so that's, that's always nice they can do what they're told but no it's 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 not ideal um, we want to get back to training with the group as soon as possible and back to playing games but it's one of those things that you, at this stage because we're kind of midway through the season you need to keep yourself right and it's not a pre-season it's not a just going out and, and getting the, the distance in your legs and, but we need to be kicking the ball we need to be moving like the same way we would on a, on a football pitch and in training so it makes it more difficult you know we need to kind of try and find pitches and when the weather doesn't help and you know climbing fences to get on AstroTurf pitches I won't tell you where because it's because they'll <laughs> stop me but um, yeah so these are all the things you kind of you, you just have to do and you have to go on with it and to be fair we've got a, quite a good group of, uh, of guys and I think most of the boys well, I would hope all of the boys are, are kind of putting in the work and, and 
and do, doing what's been asked of them um, and you know we just want to get back as soon as possible and, and I don't think we've really kind of got going this season yet I think we were just coming on to a good game um, and obviously we, we stopped so we'll be looking to go back and, and kind of you know, old cliche, but hit the ground running and try and get ourselves up to the top of the league. And what's the outlook? March? Are you thinking March back playing well, I at, think, at best? Yeah, I think uh, the the League One and Two teams all came together, um, kind of on their own, off their own backs to 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 put a proposal forward to the SFA, which I think was kind of taken on board. It was well received, um, and that was back to training in the middle of February, I think, and looking to start games in March. So. That's what I've got in my head now. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, you know, it's like I say, it's not ideal. I don't know why the why we can't go back tomorrow if we, if we start testing. But that's you know that's not up to me. That's up to to others and the, the the powers that be. So I think that that's probably best case scenario. Back to training mid mid February. Back to games in the March. We're looking back on what happened last night, of course, in the Premiership. St. Johnson nil, Aberdeen nil, Ross County 1, Motherwell 2, Dundee United 1, St. Mirren 5. An amazing scoreline there on Tayside. Uh, Celtic got their first win of the year, 2-0 at home to Hamilton, uh, with Griffiths and Edouard scoring. It was uh, Alfredo Morelos uh, for Rangers at Easter Road against Hibs, only goal of the game there, and uh, Livingston almost inevitably uh, won again against uh, a struggling Kilmarnock side at the moment. 12 unbeaten now for Livingston. And if you go back a little bit further, uh, they have won 12 of their last 15 games. I mean, it is an absolutely ridiculous uh, run of form, Stuart, isn't it? It is. Um, I, I think we're all probably struggling to see exactly why the changes come about. Um, because I know I know Davey had a, a huge influence there prior to Gary Holt leaving. Um, the players are much the same. The system's much the same. Um, I think I heard David saying it just recently there. That he felt as if the penny sort of dropped with the players and the, and the importance of picking up results. And as we all know in football, once you once you start to find that little bit of form, um, then you you can obviously ride the crest by a wave, which is exactly what they've done with the stats that you've you've just mentioned there. Um, but I think the the real thing that's been striking for me, uh, preparing teams to play against them, um, recently, certainly we played them in the cup quarter final. It's just their work ethic. I think their work ethic is is standing for an awful lot just now. Um, we know that they they're a reasonably direct team. We know they'll play in the final third. We know they're very good from set play situations. But I think when you look at it last night, David had the um, the awareness to to make a few changes run about the hour mark, which I think made a, a little bit of difference. Um, but you look at the kind of dying embers of the game, the 89th minute, the 90th minute goal. I think that's probably characteristic of what they are. They're a fit side. Um, we all know that they're aggressive. They're pretty robust. Um, but I think that's a brilliant trait to have to to keep going to the last stages of games um, and, and I think probably off that basis then there's, there's no reason why they can't increase this run because you can see the confidence that they have about you eh, about them just now and the togetherness that they've got in their group which which again it stands for an awful lot and eh, fair play to them it's, it's a remarkable record to come into management and, and hit the ground running in the fashion that it has Talking of remarkable records um, that record that has emerged today I don't know if you saw the details um online today Richard but um, in terms of managers and their opening spells of games in charge in the history of Scottish football only three people have done better than Davy Martindale uh, and that's Martin O'Neill at Celtic in 2000 Bill Struth at Rangers in 1920 and Dave Shaw at Aberdeen in 1955 I mean he's you know he's joining that elite elite band of managers who've got, got off to an incredible start Yeah he is and I think he's just you know, when you, I like 
watching his interviews you know they yeah, kind of always too. put a smile on your face he's, he seems to be a very very bubbly character um, he's, he seems always upbeat I would imagine he's, he's very similar with the players I, d- I don't know I don't know any players that have worked with him or worked with him myself but you know he seems to be quite infectious um, and he's just you know Stuart said it there he's just got the players kind of buying into to what they're good at you know a lot of managers come in and, and they have a, a you know a philosophy but a philosophy of football and they want to play certain ways and they kind of almost force that upon the players whereas it seems that Livingston are playing a way that suits the players they've got you know they've got great pace in the counter attack they've got big lads in defence who are happy to throw their body on the line to, to defend their own goal and you know they're quite com- comfortable defending deep they're quite comfortable pressing up high and I think they've just got a good blend of 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 kind of solid uh, structure in terms of defence and midfield with Marvin Bartley and then that pace on the counter-attack that can, can really hurt teams and they've got your old team twice next one of your old teams Aberdeen at home to them on Saturday and then at Pataudry on Tuesday and, and actually I mean, the way things are going at the moment I mean we'll speak a little bit about Aberdeen later on I know Stuart watched a, a bit of that game last night in Perth um, you, you, would, you would have to be backing Livingston in those games wouldn't you? Yeah, it's certainly not a game that Aberdeen want to play. Um, it's certainly not a game they want to play twice. Um, because I think one of the things with you know with Livingston, they're they're quite a physical team. So you you know you come off the, the game against Livingston, you always feel like you've been in a bit of a fight. You've been in a wrestle, um, and it's you know it's exhausting. So to play them twice in such close proximity will be challenging for the Aberdeen players. Um, and you know they're the, out with Rangers, they're their form side in the league, and you know that. Like I said before, they've got players that can hurt you. They they can go toe to toe with most of the teams in the league. They're riding that crest of the wave, so they won't be afraid to go toe to toe with even the team with the quality of Aberdeen. So it's um it'll be a you know it's going to be a tough game for both teams. But yeah, I think at the moment Livingston are probably still are the favourites for both games. Richard Foster, Stuart Kettlewell, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited last night at Easter Road Hibs nil Rangers one Alfredo Morelos with the only goal of the game and. Here's the gaffer on the performance. It's a really strong performance. Uh, it's a tough place to come. You know, Hibs are never going to make it easy for you. Um, we knew it weren't going to be pretty with the conditions and, and the pitch. But um, the players have stood up and posted a real important performance for us. So that's 26 played in the Premiership. 23 wins and 3 draws. Those stats just get better and better and better, Stuart. And of course, another clean sheet. Yeah, I think, uh, again, watching that one last night, Rob, you, you just look at... Um, Were you watching about seven games at once last night? I had everything in the goal <laughs> last night. That's what happens when you're out of, out of job. Um, but no, I, I watched them last night and, and just at the end of the game, I think you could see the significance in the victory last night. There there wasn't the over-celebrations that, that have been spoken about in the past. Um, but I think you could see one or two fist pumps in, in, in just that going Easter Road, um, you know, Hibs have been criticised slightly of late. Um, but I think... I just think it was a massive result for Rangers, as you say, the clean sheet, um, the goal. I think the pitch was actually quite challenging mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. Rangers to impo- impose their style of play. They probably got going a little bit in the second half, but I, I think you know that's for me that's one of the more difficult venues that Rangers will face uh, in the run-in towards the end of the season, and I think they probably knew it um, at the time as well, um, and, I, and it just sets them up in a great position. That's Obviously, their bandwagon just keeps rolling on, and um, and it's pretty difficult to see who's going to stop them at this minute in time. Again, I'll relate to it having prepared teams against them. The threats coming from all over the pitch at the minute. You know, you speak about Morelos, 
loss of form it looks as if he's, he's he's probably found a wee bit again scoring another important goal um, but creating chances comes from all over the pitch from them even including the centre backs with the range of pass the wide areas left and right um, but they're, they're, they're just really a, a well-oiled machine as it stands just now and we'll look at the, the wee bit of transfer news which I, I know we'll probably come on to later on but um, it looks as if they're planning for the future as well yeah. it looks as if they're just building on that so um, fair play to them there's been a lot of planning that's went into it you can see that they're very vigilant and not just where they are just now but where they're, they're looking to go and, um, and and I think they're deservedly in the position they find themselves You mentioned Morelos and it was he who got his 11th goal of the season it was the only one at Easter Road last night We looked after him uh, at the weekend after 60 minutes because we knew he would have had to put a right shift in for the team tonight I thought he was really selfless in his work rate Some of us hold the play was a bit mixed at times but just having him on the pitch he's a real threat and he causes problems so again he's um, he's come up with a real big goal for us but should he be have been on the pitch at the time when he scored that winning goal? Uh, what about that incident involving Ryan Porteous? You know, a few incidents out there from the side that I haven't seen clearly on both sides. But, you know, I didn't want to sit down the ref and, and talk about them situations. I just got on with it at the final whistle. I think it's known as an Arsene Wenger in the trade, isn't it? When you... <laughs> I, oh, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Didn't see that. Um, what do you reckon, Richard? It's, it's a red card all day long. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... Can you, can you believe he hadn't, hadn't seen it? I mean, are we not? Do we not live in an age where where the video is instantly available? Yeah, but I think it would be one of those where you know, Stuart can correct me if I'm wrong here. But if if I'm a manager and and my players deemed to have done something that he shouldn't have done, I don't want to see it. <laughs> so you know, I think if if it's a a goal that goes against you or, or that tackle goes against you, if you look at you know um, Jack Ross on the other side, he'll be saying, "I want to see that," so I can go and then I can say, "Right, you know, I've seen it. It's a red. It's a yellow. Whatever it is." But I think. I think it's quite conceivable that Steven Gerrard either hadn't seen it or didn't want to see it. Um, but when he does, and when he looks at it, he'll just think it's it's just a stupid thing to do because it puts Morelos and his team in a position. I mean, they've been absolutely flying this season and they're not over the line yet. I know they've got a, a very comfortable lead, but you don't want to give Celtic any kind of impetus at all and not going to Easter Road and taking full points could have given them a tiny glimmer of hope so it's it's just it's I think we've seen both sides of Morelos in the one game you know the quality he's got when he gets into the final third he can score goals I mean he kind of creates the goal himself you know he makes a run in the channel and he, he, he continues his move and it's a great goal great well worked but then we see that that kind of stamp and yeah. it's just you just don't want to see it um, I, I mean I was listening to both Darren McGregor afterwards um, who was close obviously to the scene at the time and I think he asked the ref and the ref said he didn't think it was intentional and then I think Jack Ross's version afterwards having spoken to the ref was there was a tangle of legs um, what are we to believe of all of that and can can there be a retrospective or or, or if was it, was, Kevin, was it Kevin Clancy? Yep. Yeah if Kevin Clancy has seen it and he's made his judgement is that that? I think I'd, I'd heard something afterwards last night where I, I think that one's we probably none of us know where we stand on that one. I actually believe that we can come back on that, and uh, and and there could be retrospective uh, action off off the back. Yeah, I'm with Richard on this one. I think we, I think everyone else could see it, and it's it's a clear red card and just a wee bit frustrating. I think we we all see a talent. We all see a top striker in the making there, um, and I love his physical contact. You know, watching as a neutral and. Seen the physical contact with centre backs, it's a wee bit of throwback, but he, he, he keeps stepping across the line. Essentially, um, literally, he keeps stepping across the line, and um, 
I just think it's unfortunate because it's potentially going to miss another couple of games um, and it's we want to see the top talents in this country playing on a regular basis and not having this kind of cast over them all the time um, and unfortunately I think Alf- Alfredo Morelos seems to find himself in these positions quite regularly It just seems to be something that he can't get out of his game but uh, goal's very much part of his game as well and he got the only one last night at Easter Road and it pointed Rangers uh, one step closer to the title surely now just a matter of counting down and uh, working out when they're going to win it lots to talk about tonight including that Morelos incident that Morelos goal Uh, when will Rangers land the title what about the transfer business ongoing Stephen Gerrard building already for next season Um, and news reaching us uh, that Celtic are understood to have done a deal uh, to get Ben Davis the Preston defender um, on a pre-contract ahead of next season so maybe Maybe Celtic are getting down to business as well. What would you like to say on the socials at Go Football Show? Uh, on the texts, go and your message to 87474. And the phone number, you know it well, 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. You're with the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited for a Thursday, just a couple of days away from more football. On the back of last night's midweek card, of course, some very interesting results and some very interesting developments today on the back of those games as well. The Maybe the January transfer window is about to uh, pick up momentum as it just about comes to a close because uh, Rangers of today uh, confirmed that uh, Jack Simpson will be joining at the end of the season from Bournemouth. He's a defender and his teammate Namdi Offobor is uh, strongly rumoured to be heading in the same direction as well. So it looks like a double signing from Bournemouth for Rangers. They're meant to be end of season, but who knows? I wonder, will those be uh, hurried through? It's not as if Rangers need them at the moment. But then, of course, um, European football would be eligible for that with the Europa League about to resume. There is the Scottish Cup whenever that happens. Um, And uh, just the final... uh, dotting of the I's and the crossing of the T's in terms of winning the title for Rangers just a matter of time now for them with that massive lead um, with just 12 games to go and uh, breaking news as well we haven't had it confirmed yet but uh, the rumour machine tells us that uh, Celtic are are about to confirm the pre-contract signing of Ben Davis from Preston Alec Neal is his manager down there the former Aki's boss uh, he's 25, centre-back or left-back. And of course, with uh, Chris Julian injured again and uh, Jeremy Frimpong-Ofsky, then uh, Celtic need some defensive backup. So you wouldn't be too surprised, I don't think, if that became uh, a deal that's done uh, sooner rather than later. So it's the football show. Rob McLean, Richard Foster... The former Ross County manager, Stuart Kettlewell, is with us in the studio. And we're joined now by, well, football royalty, to be perfectly honest. Stephen Presley, how are you doing? I'm very well, Rob. <laughs> is that OK? How, how was that, that as an introduction? That was, a, that was a fabulous introduction. It really was. You should really have come down a spiral staircase to that sort of introduction, to be <laughs> honest. And into a comfy seat. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm sitting here on my throne, so it was very hard. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't, I won't ask which throne you're sitting on, but the acoustics sound a little bit strange. Um, so, um, how, how are things with you, and, and how's how's job search 2021? Things are fine. Absolutely fine. Um, you know, obviously, as you know, I, I live down south now. I live in Leamington. Um, 
and there's there's not a great deal going on in the, in terms of um, opportunities at this period of time. I'm obviously doing my my uh, LMA diploma, which keeps me yeah. relatively um, active, and also you know I'm I'm running regularly. As I t- told you the last time, I'm mm. actually my plane weight just now, so um, so the comebacks may be on, but no, not nothing, nothing, nothing imminent. Um, maybe a few opportunities. I have a an interview next next week with a, a club about a certain position, um, which I can't reveal. But oh, uh, come on, no, I'll go no further. I can, but uh, you know it's quite an exciting opportunity. It may happen, it may not. But uh, so I've got that. But um, you know, apart from that, there's not a great deal happen. How do you find coping with being so active for so long, and then suddenly nothing? It's the hardest part because football's a drug, Rob. You know, especially you know myself that's been involved in the game for you know. The best part of thirty years, and then you're removed from that, and to find the kind of adrenaline, the rush that football gives you is very difficult. I'm sure in your studio there. Yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, Stuart, but Stuart, Stuart will certainly empathise. Yeah, you know, you know, and it is difficult. But people give us football managers very little in the way of sympathy, but it's really, really difficult. And that's one of the reasons why I said to you before that that I run as actively as I do because you know you have to keep your your mind sane you have to keep yourself fit and keep yourself strong because it is difficult especially you know when you're as passionate about the game as me that I live and breathe football so I miss it desperately but at times that has affected my decisions as well and this is one that I've got to be careful of in the future that I've made decisions because maybe not it's the right career move for me, mm-hmm. but I've been so desperate to get back involved and back on the grass. Yeah. And I've spoke to my wife and close friends about this. And the next decision I make has to be a decision not made by my, my heart, but by my head. That's that's the honest truth. And, uh, you know, so so that's kind of where I am. But as I said to you as well, the LMA, the, the, the actual... A course that I'm doing on football management, it's it's good as well. It's stimulating. It keeps me uh, active, and there's still interaction through Zoom calls and various other things. So it's been good. It's been good. So I'm I'm doing a number of things, and unfortunately here, unlike Scotland, the golf courses are completely closed, so I can't even get out for my weekly game with Eric. So I bet the I bet the greenkeepers are pleased. You can't, are. you can't get on there. No, yeah, it's funny though. I just arranged a game last night. I had Dick, had uh, Dick on the phone to me last night um, from our broth. Dick Campbell. And, yeah, I had Dick Campbell on the phone me last night. We're just chatting about a few things, and he, he's telling me he's a member at uh, Glen Eagle, so he's offered me an Eric Cup for a game in the summer. So, oh, nice. I'm looking forward to it. And I take it there, there was no cursing or swearing in the course of that phone call with with Dick. I wouldn't have thought. I didn't hear any. No, no, <laughs> you know, I didn't hear any. But you, I mean, Stuart here, you, you know, you'll be absolutely relating to to what Stephen's saying. I mean, Stephen's talking long term, obviously, in terms of the the time he's been out. It's short term for you, but it but it's finding a coping mechanism, isn't it? It's 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 um, avoiding Ganafi or Heed. 
hundred percent. I'm I'm just listening to Stephen now, um, and I can relate to a lot of it. Um, I'm not running, unlike himself. Uh, I think I'm back down to my plane weight as well, so we've got a wee bit of similarities there. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely won't be making a comeback. I don't think with these <laughs> hips. Um, but no, seriously, I think. Uh, it's it's tough, Stephen. I, I I totally I totally get that. It's the first time for me, um, and obviously there's a, a thousand things that go through your 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 mind a day, uh, wondering what your future holds and wondering what you're going to be doing next. But uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, again, talking about football is is sometimes the best medicine. Analyzing yourself, well, thinking about what you've done, uh, can often be the best medicine, and and hopefully give you a chance to bounce back and. In whatever fashion it is, I've spoke about that a lot uh, personally in, in, in recent weeks. You don't know exactly what that's going to be. Um, I know Stephen mentioned it there. Very difficult to get a job at this this minute in time. There's there's not a lot of movement and, and it's very difficult for individuals to move about the country. Uh, but I think you stay positive and, uh, and try and better yourself along the way in, in, in whatever aspect you possibly can. Stephen, it's only a matter of time. So, sorry, I was just, I was just going to m- move on. Move. I was just going yeah. to make a couple of comments. Yeah, on, yeah go, on. go so for it. He's, 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 he's absolutely right. And the other thing is that at this moment as a football manager, I've spoke to a number of managers, and it's not a particularly easy time as well. You know, I, I'm, I'm finding that there's a number of players that are going on loan to various clubs and are suffering with, uh, you know, depression to a degree, mild depression, because there's not a lot of interaction. You know, if you go into the lower leagues in England, where some of these clubs don't even have their training ground, the players are turning up in their car to the training pitch, getting out of the car, training, and then immediately after training, having to get in the car with the sweaty gear on and return home. So the interaction as well between the manager and the players and the players in general is very little. And if you've got a young player going to a club that's a fair distance from his home, he's then spending the rest of his days in the house. And it's it's really challenging. And it's these sort of things that I don't think people are aware of that are difficult for, for, for the game in general just now. One final thing on it is that what you'll find as well, Stuart, is you know, when you're in the game, one of the things that I decided to do after, you know, coming out the first time was whenever I went in the next time, is to always tried to contact those that I know and those around me that are out of the game because until you experience it you sometimes don't appreciate how difficult it can be for managers so I've done that a lot as well where when I've been in a position I've phoned up managers I've asked them to come in sort them with the tickets spent time with them because that's what I think is very important and it's sometimes you know that's what we need. We need those in the jobs to support those that are out it and, and not forget how difficult it can be when you're in that position. Richard? No, I, I was just um, I was nodding along there when he was um, when Stephen was talking about, you know, turning up the train in your car, go to train, get back in the car and go home. That was the same, that's what we've been doing since we got back. Um going to games the same, you go you go on the bus, um, you play the game, you just don't wash you put on back on your tracksuit back down in the bus for a couple hours and it is you know it is completely different to what you're used to and it is difficult and that was one of the frustrations I think with us as well because we were stopped like you know we were doing that we were we were not showering after playing away to Cove and coming back and 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 yeah. yes the premiership teams test but that's almost mitigated by the fact that we don't spend any time with our teammates you know we train with them that's and it. that's it so it's you know they test and they're allowed to interact to a certain degree we don't test but there's no interaction with us so it's almost the same um, so again that was just a frustration and it is it's completely difficult and I do feel 
it's different for me. I've I've been around the block. I've you know I'm experienced. Of course. And I've got a I've you know I've got a personality where I go into a club and I, I I'm confident in who I am. But like you say, with the yep. younger ones, try to find their way in in a, in a squad of men. Try to find a way in that you know this environment. It's really difficult for them to to show who they really are. Um, and that I won't think, come back until we're allowed back in the dressing rooms. I think you're right. Another thing, Richard, is that. It can actually have an adverse effect on a certain type of manager. If you're a manager that wants to get close in about your team and really generate the type of atmosphere and culture that you want, then it's difficult. Well, if you're a manager that actually struggles to deal on a personal level with the players, it might actually benefit you. So, yeah. so you know, in, in certain ways, you know, it can be a positive for certain managers you know, quite an adversity to, to other managers. But see what you say there. It's funny, my son, I don't know, but my, my son's at Brentford just now and he's he's had, you know, seven or eight good opportunities to go out and loan. And I spoke to him, you know, in length about this. And one of the things was that I felt that it wasn't the right time for him to go out and loan. And that is one of the major factors of it. Exactly what you said there, Richard. It's all right for the more experienced ones that have been in many dressing rooms. But when you're a young player and you want to go on your first loan deal, you know, actually getting into the culture of the club and making friends and going out for a coffee after training with some of your teammates is a big part of that. And you just can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. You can't do it. So it's difficult. Yeah. I love the fact that one of the things I love about the show is that the conversation just goes where it goes. And that's been really well, interesting. Sorry about no, that, no, 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 absolutely. No apology necessary because that is really interesting. And I think, you know, what you're talking about there is is support systems required for everybody in football, including managers, um, to have to deal with suddenly being on the scrap heap, if, uh, if that's not too dramatic a, a word no, to use. No, it's not. But, bef- right, b- b- before, you g- before you go, what I probably intended speaking... I'm in no rush, Rob. No, right, OK. You're trying to shoo me off the no, show. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not that brave. Um, <laughs> and I am going to find out if there are any clubs looking for an experienced defender who still has his own hair <laughs> as well. Um, but but what, 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 about the, what about the title race and... What's yes. been happening? I mean, it's the first time this year, in fact, I should probably say Happy New Year, that I've spoken to you. What did you make of Celtic in Dubai and that whole debacle? Well, here, here, here's what it is. that, In my opinion, right, a lot of these things will be judged by the form of your team, by winning games. That's how it will be. Uh, projected out there. You know, I, I, it's funny because, again, I go back to the poem. I was doing something on, you know, challenging moments as a manager. And the reality is that you can, in theory, do everything right as a manager, manage a certain situation completely correctly, but see if you don't get the right result. That's not how it's perceived. And this is the problem with football. If Celtic went to Dubai on the back of beaten Rangers, and we're on a terrific run of form, the perception on how it was perceived would have been totally different, Rob. It would have been totally different to what we're experiencing now. But was it not insensitive to go anyway, bearing in mind the, the climate of uh, well, you know Celtics, you know, if we well, even if we just think about Celtics' own fans back here shivering and struggling, suffering, and seeing their team. Um, swanning it off to Dubai. Aye, but but no, but you've hit the nail on the head. If they were winning, and they were going well, and they were challenging Rangers at the top of the league, then 
they wouldn't have been having that opinion of the players. They might have thought, and if they'd come back from that trip and won their next two games, there might have been the perception out there that, yes, the trip's done them well. They're in good form. So all of these things are put together and we look at things in a certain way. And football is one that the reality is that you'll be judged not by theory if you did it right, by the results that go with it. And that's the difficulty in football management, as I've said. You can do many things correctly, but if the result on the Saturday's not right, yeah. that's not how it's perceived. So that's the thing. I'm not saying they were right, but they didn't break any rules, right? Yeah. It's what I would say. Now, my opinion is that the government should have made their mind up for them and should have said absolutely no way. And also the SFA or our governing body. Our governing body should have shown strength and directed a club like that. That's my opinion, but we're not seeing any of that in Scotland just now. So that's my issue with it, that that I don't think they were strong enough at the top and, and really directed Celtic here. But I think that the after the, the, the kind of um, press and resistance to what they did, a big part of that has been because of the form of Celtic yeah. and, and results going into that trip. Good to have you on the show. Uh, 50 minutes really doesn't do you justice, does it? We will uh, make it a longer version uh, the next time we have, have you back. Good to talk to you, Stephen. You too, Robin. Listen, lads, take care, Stuart. Take care, Richard. Cheers, Bob. See you later. Cheers, Stephen. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Stephen. And the football chat goes on. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Yeah, the Go Football Show for a Thursday with Rob McLean, Richard Foster and Stuart Kettlewell. Good chat there with Stephen Presley, uh, raising some uh, important points, I think, um, about uh, how we in football uh, deal with adversity, deal with job losses, deal with everything that's going on at the moment. Uh, uh, we are being uh, tested right across uh, society and uh, Scottish football, of course, has a part in that as well. In terms of last night, uh, those big results at Easter Road, Hibs nil, Rangers won, Alfredo Morelos only goal of the game. And then, of course, uh, there was that controversy which preceded it. Not just Morelos, but uh, Darren McGregor featured in a contentious incident, the Hibs captain. As well, Celtic won for the first time in 2021, 2-0 against Hamilton. Uh, the old double act of Griffiths and Edouard uh, striking for Neil Lennon's team. Yes, still in charge. Will he be in charge for the rest of the season? What do you think? Let us know. Livingston 2, Kilmarnock 0, the, the man of the moment. Uh, we are Davy Martindale at the moment. Um, fit and proper he certainly is. And his results uh, to fit. Uh, 12 unbeaten now for Livingston. Uh, they've won 10 and they've drawn 2. And they're very much knocking on the door of uh, the battle for European places if they're going to maintain that sort of momentum. St Johnston nil, Aberdeen nil last night. It's 19 minutes. I won't get back. I was there and uh, Stuart watched a fair bit of it as well. Uh, Ross County 1, Motherwell 2. County were ahead before uh, going down by two goals to one. And maybe the most remarkable uh, result of the night was at Tannadice, Dundee United 1, St Mirren 5. Rob McLean, Richard Foster, Stuart Kettlewell in the studio. And on the line, we've got Derek. Hi, Derek. Uh, good evening. Good evening, panel. And can I say before I make my point, Rob, I yes. think Stuart was very harshly treated at Ross County 
I would like to wish you good luck in the future. Uh, my point is... He, he agrees. That <laughs> can you represent uh, me, Derek? Uh, is there any chance? <laughs> can, you, can you be his agent? <laughs> Uh, but my point is, Rob, yeah. do you think Morelos has been uh, there a witch hunt against him? I'm not saying it wasn't a red card, but I haven't, I haven't watched the game. Sky went over and over and over the incident yeah. that Harley mentioned, the McGregor incident, and I don't think his stamp was any worse on the, was it Maine? It played with Aberdeen on the Baracek incident. I don't think it Curtis was any Maine, worse yeah. than that. Yeah. Uh, and... I, I just think that a witch hunt, and I would probably put money on if the only one that would be up front in a compliance officer. Richard Foster, is there a witch hunt against Alfredo Morelos? Um, I don't think there is. I think I think it is a player. I think the incidents are different. I think Morelos knows what he's doing. Um, he tries to stamp on Porteous and he obviously makes contact. I think when you look at McGregor, yes, he's thrown. I think it's Kamara. He throws him out the yeah. way. His momentum then means means he stumbles forward, but as his foot touches down on Kamara's leg, he instantly takes off because he knows, you know, he's not standing on the ground, and then he apologises straight away. Whereas, so so I I could, as soon as I see the Morelos incident, I can tell you straight away that he's meant it because I know the way players move, obviously, um, and I know that he can get out of the way of that leg. Whereas with Darren McGregor, it's different. Darren shouldn't throw him to the ground, obviously, but he can't. Avoid touching Kamara's leg, and as soon as he does, he's immediately he knows he, he's kind of done wrong, so he kind of steps away. But there's no intent from McGregor, whereas there's definite intent from Morelos. Derek, is is it just something that Alfredo Morelos can't get get out of his game? Do you think just that tendency to get involved in things like that? I think he's a bit of a liability at times because that's last night and against United Rob, he could have cost Rangers vital points, and uh, I think maybe. It's uh, this time, maybe the end of the season, he was sold. I think we've uh, we've all fans of football, and certainly Rangers fans have have kept hoping, haven't they, Stuart? That 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 this he was he was going to grow out of this phase because obviously the the red cards were flashing pretty regularly when he first joined Rangers. Uh, he did seem to have settled down, but uh, it just seems that there's an instinct there when, when something like last night develops. Yeah, I think there's a couple of points for me. Um, the first one is that he's such a high-profile player, so I think that that's why we talk about it so much. And I hate to keep harping on about this side of things, but there's been many incidents that I've seen myself from a management point of view this season that haven't had any kind of house room um, where you feel as if you've uh, had a decision go against you, or maybe one should have went against a, an opposition player, and we don't speak about it too much. And I, and I think genuinely that's why we do sit and talk about it so much. He's one of the most talented players in this country. Um, he's one of the most high-profile players that we've got on show and hence why we all sit here and talk about it he's quite clearly a little bit of a hot head but I think the second factor on it as well is you have to say that Rangers have backed him as well Rangers really have backed him there's been umpteen times where probably we're all looking and saying is that his, is that his last act at Rangers so I think that they're quite clearly trying to work on it with him I think they're trying to improve it some would argue that that's not that, that's not working out particularly well when you watch last night and the, as Derek says the, the Dundee United incident um, but quite clearly Rangers have shown a lot of faith in him I think it's probably time that, that, he, that he does cut that completely out of his game because I don't think there's any need for it uh, Mark's got in touch on the socials as well to say uh, don't recall endless discussions over Scott Brown's numerous clearly intentional elbows brackets uh, not the one he was carded for or that Griffith stamp red card for Merlis yes should have been retrospective ban I expect it but why is there a clamour by the media to focus on Morelos misdemeanours 
but a lack of interest when certain other players over similar incidents. Well, that's what you were talking about there, Stuart. Richard, what do you think? Well, I think he's got a point, you know, because Scott Brown certainly falls into the category of Alfredo Morelos in terms of his profile. You know, he's arguably one of the most high-profile players in Scotland as well, and I think he has... He has got away with a few in his time, and he, you know, he hasn't been retros- retrospectively banned. And I do think that um, there is a case there. There is definitely an argument that he's he's got away with probably more than most. You know, you, I can remember watching games, being involved in games with Scott Brown, and thinking, right, that's five, six. Oh, there's your first yellow card. Another guy's put in one tackle, and it's a yellow card. Now I know, you know, different tackles are different severity, but he's he certainly. I can remember. I think there was one against Hamilton. When he kind of left his leg in and the guy was on the ground and it hit him in the back of the head and um, nothing came of that. Now again, I'm watching this from a player's point of view. I know, I can tell you instantly when, most of the time, when a player means to do something because I've been in the situation myself and I know I can either get out of the way of that or I'm going to leave my foot in here. Um, and I think part of the game, it's contact. There's a way to do that. If you go in with a you know, a, a full-blooded tackle and the two of you go in for it together, then that's fine. That's part of the game. But when you're, when you're stamping on players and elbowing players off the ball, that's just a nonsense and nobody wants to see that. But I do, I do think um, the guy's got a point that I think Scott Brown has got away with a few in, in the past. Derek, when's the title going to be won? Uh, I would love it Celtic Parks, but I'll take it anything. <laughs> Thanks for calling us. Right, thank you. Derek. Yeah, Wish you well, all the best. Right. That's Derek on the on the Go Radio Football Show with his thoughts on the Alfredo Morelos incident last night. I wonder if we're going to hear more about that. It was 1-0 Rangers at Easter Road and it was 2-0 Celtic at home to Hamilton with uh, Griffiths and Edouard getting the goals. Very pleased. Yeah, it was very good all-round team performance. A lot of good attack and play, you know, clean sheets. Uh, a lot of good movement, good variation on the way we played, and um, I'm just disappointed we didn't win the game by more. Yeah, 2-0 uh, against Hamilton, and I guess, Stuart, any win is a good win for Celtic at the moment, and that's their first of the year. Yeah, I think, again, uh, it's, it's obviously been a tough time. It's been so well documented. Um, had experiences of been down there and, and winning a game and seeing the, the scenes outside. It, it was pretty disgusting, to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it one bit as much as we'd won a game of football. I, I think Neil certainly deserves a lot more respect than that's that. The, that's the, the banners outside the ground that, the, and, the, and the demonstration that went on, which was uh, pretty horrendous. Yeah, I, th- I think most genuine Celtic fans will tell you the exact same thing. Um, it wasn't called for. We were sitting in a car park outside watching railings getting... Uh, knocked down and people scaling into car parts and stuff like that it was pretty unsavoury um, and as I say I, I will stress this and I've had a lot of good contact from Neil um, he, he deserves a heck of a lot better than that uh, for what he's done at the football club I understand it's a results driven business I understand that people are a little bit disgruntled by their position in the league and the magnitude of 10 in a row and all that side of things I get that but still he's, he's due a wee bit more than that so off the back of it it's, it's an important one for Celtic because I think at this stage all they can really do is, is continue to try and win games of football or get into a winning run um, which you've just spoken about it's their first one of this year um, and I think that probably a ray of hope for them looks to be Griffiths and Edward up front that combination up front really seems as if it, it could set fire uh, to, to their season it might not be enough it doesn't look as if it's going to be enough but I think they, they have to go and try and, try and find a bit of form at this stage
It's Stuart Kentlewell, it's Richard Foster, it's Rob McLean on the Football Show. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, Visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. You can text us as well. Go on your message to 87474. And on the socials, it's at Go Football Show. We heard from Mark on the socials recently, um, hinting at a possible witch hunt against Alfredo Morelos. It's a a topic of conversation that keeps on coming up. Uh, Transfer business has been uh, picking up in the course of the day. Uh, In the course of Thursday, Rangers have confirmed the pre-contract signing of Bournemouth defender Jack Simpson. That's on the back of Scott Wright having agreed to join up at Rangers uh, next season. And uh, Simpson's uh, Bournemouth teammate is set to be uh, signing for Rangers a pre-contract as well. He's 21, he's a midfielder, Namdi Ofobor. So uh, it looks like uh, a bit of double dealing at Bournemouth for Rangers' Stephen Gerrard. Frighteningly for the rest of Scottish football, uh, so far ahead of everyone else. Uh, and he is strengthening and building uh, towards next season. What Rangers will want to do, of course, is to win the title and then set off on a period of dominance, uh, similar to what Celtic have had over the last nine years. Meantime, uh, news that uh, Celtic uh, are about to confirm the pre-contract signing of Ben Davis, the Preston defender. He can play left-back or centre-back. Celtic short in those areas. At the moment, uh, it is a pre-contract arrangement, so it is end of season for uh, for Ben Davis. But you just wonder whether that is a deal that might well be uh, rushed through shortly. So, the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, news as well of uh, that Dundee uh, have signed Jason Cummings, the former Hibs striker. Um former Nottingham Forest Rangers and Hibs. He's most recently been at Shrewsbury Town uh, and Dundee have uh, landed him, it seems, on an 18-month deal. Richard Foster, that sounds like a good bit of business. Yeah, it does. Um, I think he's he's kind of proven at that level. He was very good for Hibs in the Championship. Um, scored a lot of goals. Difficult to play against. Takes up good positions. Um, he's obviously kind of had a bit of a stuttering career um, since he's left. Um, but it'd be good for him to, to kind of get back in and, and get games under his belt and, and probably get home and, and you know we heard Stephen Presley talking about players being away from home or, you know I know he's, he's obviously from up here um, and it kind of in a year that the year that we've had mm. it'd probably be nice for him to get closer to home and, yeah. and, and probably be nearer friends and family I would imagine and also Dundee um, news that uh, they have signed central defender Maliki Fagan Walcott from Tottenham an 18 year old on loan and well he's played Champions League so that probably tells you something about his talent and it also I tells I say that Rob because I've played Champions League so <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean well, exactly, well, exactly. That, was my, that was my point um, but it tells you something about the time of the season we're at as well we'll maybe come back to that uh, in a second but it does tell us that uh, the Dundees of this world are manning up at this stage um, 
putting uh, together a, a promotion push. Hearts, big favourites at the moment, but of course there is the playoff place as well, and Dundee will want to be getting a whole lot closer to the top of that championship. Uh, on the Go Radio Football Show, let's talk to Laura in Paisley. Hi, Laura. Hiya, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Even better after I was out last night. It was a was a nice little antidote, wasn't it, to what happened at the weekend? Do you know, we're, we're, we're known for doing stuff like that. We're, the final that we don't talk about in 2010 when, when we get beat off the Rangers and then a few nights later we go out and beat Celtic 4-0. It just seems to be the Superman thing to do. It's, but, the, it's, um, the, it's the joy of being a buddy, isn't it? Oh, it really is. <laughs> I don't know if joy is the right word, I don't no. know. But, um, the emotional, yeah, emotional roller coaster. Oh, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. I've been going to watch the man since I was um, three years old. The 87 Cup final was my first game. So, yes, there's been a lot of, um, a lot of lows, but a lot of highs in there as well at the same time. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Wow, you were setting the bar high then if your first St Mirren game was the 87 Cup final. I know, I know. And you know, I don't even remember any of it. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, my dad threw me up and nearly never caught me when we scored. So oh, dear. That's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's all I've been told about that. Um, but yeah, so after, um, after Sunday was just hugely disappointing. I was actually on the show on Friday night and I was so confident. I was speaking to Simon and Mm-hmm. And Barry and I was so confident. I thought, you know, if we turn up and play our own game, we'll win. And I was really confident that we would do that. Unfortunately, we kind of we didn't really turn up at all. Um, but for us to go out last night, I think Jim had us set up really well, playing two up top, playing our own game, not kind of concentrating on the opposition and what they are doing, just playing to our strengths. And it paid off. I thought we were excellent, and especially um, Ryan Flynn, who's been out. He's not mm. hit the ball in almost a year, and you've seen him in the 85th minute last night to have that in his tank to get, you know, to set up our fifth goal. Just, it's like a new signing. Um, so I'm hoping we can kind of kick on for that now. The boys have put Sunday to bed, it's done, there's no point dwelling on it. and now just kind of looking up in the league rather than looking what's been on behind us. That's a, absolutely. The whole Ryan Flynn has got the second best kept beard in Scottish football behind Stuart <laughs> Kettlewell, I would have thought, because uh, Stuart's setting a pretty high standard, to be honest. Uh, but no, it's great, it's great to have him back, isn't it? He's a, he's a big player for, for St Mirren. But you couldn't have seen that scoreline coming, surely? No, absolutely not. I would have taken a scrappy one now, and to be fair, I would have taken anything last night, especially as I say after after Sunday. But you know, after I seen the team last night, and I thought, right, we're going to up top. We've got Flynn back. I've got a good feeling, um, which never normally, you know, any time I've got a good feeling, we end up getting pumped. But, um, <laughs> but I thought, I thought last night when I seen the team, I thought, oh, I think, um, I think we'll we'll do all right tonight, but. Definitely didn't see five one. I, I mean, I think we were probably a bit lucky with, with a couple of the decisions that went our way. But yeah, those penalties, <laughs> Richard Foster. <laughs> what do you think? I think the I think the first one is a penalty. I think it's, yeah. it's stupid. Like he just runs into the back of Joe, um, and Joe's yeah. got every right to go down. It's a soft one, but he gives the referee a decision to make. The second one, I think, is very harsh because he kind of turns yeah. his back. It hits him in the ribs, and yeah. it's a penalty. So I mean, his arm is up, but I don't see. There's no other way that he can turn and jump there to block the shot without his arm coming up. But it's not away from his body, it's tucked in. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think you're a bit fortunate to get that one, but take nothing away from the rest of the performance. You know, I watched 
I watched the highlights in St Mirren, uh, St. Mirren were excellent um, for, for uh, what I've seen. And obviously Jim Goodwin uh, felt, Stuart, that I was just balancing the books in, in terms of penalty decisions, which is probably what you say when you get a couple of dodgy ones in your favour. I think that's about par for the course. Uh, obviously, I heard Jim afterwards and, and quite clearly feels as if he's missed out on a few decisions this season. So when you get a couple of soft ones, and I, and I do think they were soft, I've seen them back, um, especially the second one. Um, but I think that obviously just throws it in St Mirren's favour. Laura makes a couple of good points uh, the one thing that really stuck out to me was uh, the change of setup. I think they looked very offensive St Mirren um, and the second point that, that jumped out to me was Ryan Flynn's run in the 85th minute as she rightly said brilliant piece of play and it's brilliant when someone's been out for 11 months to show not not just that level of composure but that level of fitness to get into that position um, and it was great to see somebody coming back for such a long term injury so it was a bit of a shock to us all the result um, but I think St Mirren by and large have had a good season I know they had the disappointment at the weekend um, but I think that that's, that's kind of keeping me a lot of what's happened for them so far this, this season I was looking at the league table Laura and it's amazing how the complexion can quickly change um, you've got games in hand obviously um, and St Mirren at the moment I mean we were we were maybe laughing up our sleeves a little bit at Tony Fitzpatrick uh, at the start of the season when he was talking about a top <laughs> six finish but, but St Mirren are pretty much on the brink of the of the top half now aren't they? I know, but um, that's what we've been there. We're not going to be looking behind us now. Well, I hope we're not. It's all about looking ahead. And we've got three games in hand against the teams above us. Um, two of them very, very winnable against um, Hamilton and Motherwell. Three, probably, if you if you look at Celtic's form just now as well. But um, I'm definitely, I'm looking, I'm looking ahead. I'm not looking behind us. And I think... I just think things are starting to kind of come together a wee bit. We, we went in a really good run and then we've had a slight dip in form, which happens, I think, to, to every team. So we're waiting for that to happen to um, to Livingston, hopefully, and we'll, we'll catch up with them, especially, as you say, with the, the games in hand that we've got. But um, I definitely, it's, it's definitely looking, looking it good sure for us. Yeah, it's, 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 it's about knowing your marketplace, isn't it? And, and Jim Goodwin has dealt so cleverly, particularly yeah. with, with, with I'm, I'm, I'm going to get Richard's view on this about the Irish leagues, the I, Irish football. I mean, the likes of Dylan Connolly scored that great goal last night and he's a real weapon. I mean, in all the games I've seen him, you know, he's a, he's a real problem in terms of dealing with him. And I mean, Jamie McGrath, absolutely outstanding. In yeah, that field. No, <laughs> I mean, Jamie McGrath's rubbish. Nobody should be thinking or talking about Jamie McGrath. No, absolutely <laughs> hopeless. <laughs> I, was try, I, was okay. get, I was trying to get Richard Foster in there, but Laura, it's a bit of a challenge. Sorry. You're no, you're no, I'm, I'm, no. I'm, I'm kidding. It's lovely to hear I from wish, you. I um, wish, you know, I would love to have his composure from taking, you know, not, never mind take one penalty, but take two penalties, and he just just didn't look phased. But that's the way he plays. That's the way he goes about his game. You know, for the entire match, it's just very confident in the ball, very comfortable in the ball. Um, and I agree with Conley. I've seen a lot of players in my time. Geez, I, I was one when I was younger. Just pa- fast and can't really do anything else with the ball but he's he's got the presence of mind that he's got two defenders chasing him and he's still got the, the talent to lift it over the goalkeeper running at full pace which is not an easy not an easy task so um you know fair play to Jim for for like for his recruitment because he seems to find these these kind of players plucked from relative obscurity in terms of Scottish football um, and what we know about them but um so far they've been uh, quite successful Laura good to hear from you Give us a Thank call any time. We're we're, we're we're here for you at all times, um, especially like when you're <laughs> especially when you're a low time. after the weekend. But you're certainly you're on a high now, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I, I'm going to get offered a job with you soon. I've been on that well, many times. I wouldn't rule it out. 
I don't as you probably can have gathered I can talk. So we'll, we'll get our people to anyone. we'll get our people to talk to your people. But give us a give us <laughs> give us a, give us a call or any time. Okay, cheers, guys. Good Thank to, you. Good Thank to you. hear Thanks. from you. Uh, more to, uh, transfer news, um, and I guess we were just expecting this. It was only a matter of time, and this will be of particular interest to Stuart Kettlewell, former Rose County manager with us in the studio. And it is the fact that Academy graduate Josh Reed has completed a move to English Championship side Coventry City. Uh, Ross Kenty on their Twitter feed, uh, wishing him all the best. He's 18, uh, and he's a big talent, Stuart. Yeah, he's one that we've had eyes on for a number of years coming through the academy um, and probably felt it was right to, to pitch him into the first team environment this year. I think he's maybe made 24 appearances or something like that in, in all competitions. And I know through looking at it that he's, he's maybe fell down the pecking order a wee bit in recent weeks. Uh, I think John's maybe played one or two players in that area of the pitch. So um, I know Josh is representative. I know the club looking at his situation. Um, when a club like Coventry come and, and the level that they're at, then, then I think it is it does almost become a, a little bit of a no brainer. Um, he's a local lad. He's, uh, he stays about a five minute walk from the ground. So um, I know his family personally, um, and this will be a massive thing for them. You know, they've they've, they've not really been anywhere else other than that Dingwall bubble we spoke about <laughs> earlier, Rob. Yeah. Um, so I, I genuinely wish him all the best. I was delighted to get him involved in the in the first team group. Um, he put in a number of really strong performances and I think he's somebody that can go for strength to strength and it'll be a big step up for him in the championship in England um, but I think if he, he finds his feet over the next six months to a year then I'm, I'm sure he'll have a bright future Stuart Kettlewell Richard Foster Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show with the OPC Energy Limited let's talk to Sean in Garthamlock Sean how are we doing guys? very well how's you? Ah, brand new. I just uh, watch this Sky Sports just to see if there's any more signings. Uh, happy with the um, signing today. Hopefully, uh, he'll be good in the Jack summer. Jack Simpson. Uh, Jack Simpson, just the man I was sort of say. But I don't really know much about him. I know he's a left back, but how how would you uh, rate him? Well, according to according to Rangers, he was uh, he was much sought after, and I, and I think all clubs tend to say that when they when they when they've signed somebody. But I mean, you would imagine that f- for for anybody at the moment, Rangers is a really attractive proposition. It, you know, for even for for players down sometimes players in England, it's a problem because they 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 don't rate Scottish football, so they don't want to be here. Stephen Gerrard is is a is a big attraction. Then you've got the fact that Rangers are on the brink of the title. They're still in the Europa League, and they're going to be in the Champions League qualifiers potentially into the Champions League proper next season. So, so it's it's all sounding pretty attractive, Richard. Yeah, and I think one of the most attractive things about Rangers at the moment, apart from everything you've mentioned, is you over the past few years you've seen the development of a lot of the players I think Ryan Jack is probably the, the main one now I, I played with uh, Ryan at Aberdeen he was a really good player done really well for Aberdeen went on to be their captain um, but I think he's he's stepped up another level now I would imagine when you've got Stephen Gerrard Gary McAllister <clears throat> there as your coaches you're going to learn a, two thing, a thing or two about playing in midfield so I think one of the, the things I would look at if I was a, a younger player or a player from England is I can go there and develop my game and, and I think they've done that across the board you know uh, Ryan's just one example of what they've done but you, you see Kent as well Kent signed for big money kind of struggled initially when he first, when he signed permanently but now we see the best of him we see him picking up much better positions and he's, he's obviously he's learning the game from guys who've got a vast vast experience and that would be one of the most attractive things from my point of view as a player is, is knowing I could go there and develop my game and become an even better player than, than when I sign 
Sean, what did you think about the game last night? Um, the first half, I thought Hibs were the better team. Second half, Rangers were the better team. But I'm happy. Good goal for Morelis. But in another way, I'm not happy with Morelis. We stupidity. That should have been a red card. I'm quite lucky we're not got VAR in this country because he would have been sent off there then. Yeah. Um, so, so you reckon that that should have been a? And I think most people are in I, agreement. I don't and think you can make excuses for that. No. That was that was caught out of order. No, no football player should do that. You know, a player. I don't. I know people are saying I, but he done it last season. I, I, you don't love any kind of worlds somebody done something so you need to do something. It was a disgrace. And I think see, honestly, if Rangers in the summer or even in the next forty-eight hours or seventy-two hours get a decent offer from us, I would actually let him go. I'm going to let you go. Thanks, Sean, for uh, calling us on the Go Radio Football Show. And if you want to get involved, you know the number. It's 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. You're with the Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean and Richard Foster and the former Ross County manager, Stuart Kettlewell, with us in the studio. Your calls as well. Still time to get involved on 0808 17 17 700. Stephen Presley on the show earlier on. Some interesting thoughts from him. On the back of last night's football, Rangers winners at Easter Road. Celtic beat Hamilton at home. That thumping win for St Mirren 5-1, which pleased Laura, one of our callers tonight. Uh, Motherwell turned it round against Ross County to win. Goalless in Perth between St Johnston and Aberdeen Livingston. Well, they just won again against Kilmarnock. 12 unbeaten for Team Martindale. And of course, uh, transfer business ongoing today. You'll know by now that uh, Rangers have uh, signed Bournemouth defender Jack Simpson on a pre-contract on the back of Scott Wright doing the self-same thing. And another Bournemouth player, Namdi Offabor, is uh, poised to sign pre-contract for Rangers as well. So very busy in the market, very worrying for everybody else in Scottish football. And we're just waiting confirmation that Celtic have uh, secured the Preston defender, Ben Davis on a pre-contract as well. That's one that's been on the radar for some considerable time. So it's Rob and it's Richard and it's Stuart and uh, we are joined, I'm uh, delighted to say. Uh, I'm just hoping he's awake by Jonathan Gould. Hi, Jonathan. Good uh, morning, evening. Hi, Rob. Good morning. Yeah, How I'm are you? Uh, long, long, ta- <laughs> long time no speak. What time is it in New Zealand? Uh, it's not so late, actually. It's about 20 past seven, so it's not too bad. 20 past seven, and that's a.m.? Uh, yes, a.m. And you're a morning person? Always. <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, tell me what you're up to at the moment. Okay, well, I left Preston um, at the end of the um, um, sort of stuttering last season, and I just felt as if it was time to have a little bit of a break and had six years um, with Tony Pulis um, at um, West Brom and, and Middlesbrough and then that last year with um, Alex Neal which was a great year um, under him and just felt as if it was time to take some um, a breather really um, he's up to 30 years there in, in football loved every minute and um, I've just I've picked up little bits here with New Zealand football uh, the local team I'm helping them and, and, the, and the young goalkeepers that uh, are in the region of Hawke's Bay where I live so, so am I right in saying that you you work for New Zealand football and you're also working for Napier City Rovers uh, as a coach and and that was actually the 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 team the team that you first played for. 
Yeah, that's a team I played for in 1989 before um, before I turned pro back in the UK. At the time, when my dad was a manager at Wimbledon and they had an exchange program, and there was myself and a lad called Brian McAllister, um, mm-hmm. who, who who also went on to play for Scotland. So yep. uh, two of us had our first experiences overseas football in New Zealand of all places. Tell me about football in New Zealand at the moment. I mean, are, are things pretty much normal? Yeah, we're you know we're playing in front of crowds. Um, the travel's pretty easy. The country's open. Uh, it's really quite strange um, have, having experienced what's going on in obviously Scotland and the UK with no crowds. Um, yeah, life's pretty normal. We're very very lucky. Um, we've, there's a couple of cases at this moment in time that they're investigating, and you know if a, if a strain gets out, then we we'll, we go very very quickly into lockdown here. There's no messing about. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's, um, it's. I'm probably fortunate to be here at this moment in time. Yeah, the, think, the world is. I think we'll come and join you over there by the sounds of it. Uh, sent a lot more we'll civil. <laughs> no, no, well, that, that, that would be a slight problem. Um, I want to talk to you, Jonathan, about uh, you were part of the Celtic team which stopped Rangers doing ten in a row. Recollections yeah. of, of that season and and the pressure mm. maybe that was on Rangers at the time that's been on Celtic this season yeah. and that maybe explains partly what's what's happened here this time around. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, oh, goodness me, I, I didn't realise what I was coming into. If I'm honest, uh, having come from Bradford and. Uh, and it wasn't until you spent a couple of weeks and um, you, you felt the magnitude of, of what we were trying to prevent. Um, and obviously it was a new management team as well with, with Vim and Murdo and, and a new group of players. Um, but we, you know, follow, I think we lost the first two or three games. And, and then once we got through that and uh, uh, we had a victory away at St. Johnston, it changed very, very quickly. And I think the, it, it was manifested by the, the League Cup win um, when we beat Dundee United at Ibrox. That probably gave the players the belief that we could go on in that year. Um, and we had some big characters, really big characters um, yeah. in the dressing room. I remember. Um, you know, Craig Burley, Paul Lambert, um, you know, Mark Reaper shouting his head off. And, um, <laughs> and, and we also, we had, you know, we had the likes of, uh, of Henrik as well, um, who, uh, who was always going to get us important goals at that time. And, and how much, I mean, that, that's a great Celtic team. You only have to list the names to realise how much quality you had about you. How, how big a factor was Rangers failing to cope with the demands of, of a season in which they're looking to go 10 titles in a, on the trot? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to understand what their pressure was. Um, I think they put a little bit on themselves, Rob, if I remember rightly. I think they were pretty sure that they were going to do it. I remember Coffey running away, putting 10 fingers up in the air um, having, when they were beating us at, uh, at Ibrox. And, and, and um, yeah, I, I, I think, as usual, it hinged on the, uh, the old firm games, the, the, big, the big game on, um, at New Year when we, um, when we won uh, 2-0. And that was, that was massive because I don't think we won for a long time. And I, and, um, I just... I just yeah, I think everyone's week. Both teams stuttered towards the end of the season. We, there were Saturday, Sunday fixtures at that time as well, and and there was different times of pressure that came on and off. And and you know, for even to go to the last game, it showed what a seashell season it was. You'll have noted the the sad passing of uh, Dr. Joe Vengloss. He, of course, you were you were yeah. there when when he was the gaffer. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's another funny one because we. We were when when Vim was um, 
um, sort of removed from the football club is the nicest way I can put it. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember us sitting in the dressing room waiting for, for our next manager to come in and we didn't really know who it was. And we were half, I was half hoping that Vin was going to walk back in the door and say it was all a big joke. But uh, Dr. Joe walked in and um, as far as a person and, um, and a manager, we, we couldn't really have had any, anybody better to, to replace Vin. He was, he, he was a top guy. Um, the respect that he had for the club, the respect that he had for the players, um, you know, some of his ideas. We played some good football that season. Yeah. Um, you know, we had some big results. And I think we were, like, what, six points behind Rangers in the end. It, it wasn't a devastating season for us, even though they went on to, to win the, the, the treble as well. But um, I, I think, you know, you look back at how he conducted himself under huge pressure and, uh, that year. I thought he was amazing. He's a, he's a super guy. Yeah, an absolute gentleman, wasn't he? Um, six years, I think, yeah. you, were at, you were at Celtic. Six winners' medals. I mean, it must just have been an amazing yeah. time. And you're, as you say, lots of different managers as well in, in that time, but uh, yeah. but a, a lot of success. Yeah, it was. Um, the John Barnes uh, year was a strange year. Um, yeah. But even that ended up with something when, when we won, uh, you know, Kenny took over and won the League Cup. And then Martin came in, and I can still see him on the steps now, saying um, he was going to bring, try and bring the club every as much success as he possibly could, and do what he could to achieve that. Um, you know, there was a, there was a, it was a momentous swing um, for us um, in, in 2000, 2001, and uh, um, you know, as I said, the rest is history. And, and, and I think Martin had a huge part to play in in the in the following sort of 20 years, really, in, in the confidence that he he bred into the club. Do you keep tabs on Celtic now, Jonathan? Are you able to? Oh, I, I can't not. My daughter, <laughs> um, my daughter spent some time working for uh, Celtic. My, my son Matthew's a massive Celtic supporter. Um, I've, I've got two season tickets, so even though they're not being used, they're you know obviously virtual reality ones. Yeah. Um, and, and you can't help but, and especially this year, um, you know, I've, I've watched watched them under Brendan. I thought they played some tremendous football under Brendan, and, and then. You know, for reasons um, that he'll tell you better, he left, and and I've kind of seen the, the struggles, obviously, of of the last six months. Um, and and there's there's been a there's been a change. You look at the squad at Rangers. I think uh, Lenny himself. I think he's mentioned the word with uh, Vasilius this week. He talked about presence, yeah. and there's, there's two times for presence: there's physical presence and there's personality presence. And and to be a good old firm team, you've got to have both. And I think. Um, Rangers are probably showing that a little bit more than Celtic at the moment. You, you mentioned uh, Vasilis Barkas there and the, and the goalkeeping situation. Here's Neil Lennon speaking about just yeah. that. It's been inconsistent, you know, so a couple of them have struggled to find their, their best form, you know, and uh, in terms of Vasilis, it takes a bit of time maybe to adapt. We might see the best of him as we go along, but he needs to, you know, work on his physicality and... Um, you know, he needs to get used to our training methods and I just think he struggled a little bit with that this season. You know, at the minute, you know, pleased with Scott and, um, you know, he's earned the right to be in the team. So Scott Bain is the, ma- is the man in possession at the moment, but the, his, his yeah. thoughts, I mean, some of his other quotes about Vasilis Barkas are really interesting. I mean, he said, Neil Lennon, sometimes you take it for granted that these guys are going to come in and adapt straight away. Uh, some take a bit longer, and he's in that category. He's admitted on a few occasions that he probably hasn't been at his best. He can improve his physicality, mm-hmm. shot-stopping, and general influence around the box. I would have thought that's just a bit <laughs> everything, isn't it? <laughs> 
it's a bit of, it's, it's a little bit of a worry when a, when you say a goalkeeper's got to improve his shot stopping. And he's, <laughs> you know, you're usually told well, if he's if, you know you know if, you're, if, you, if you say your goalkeeper's a good shot stopper, it means he's nonsense at coming for crosses. <laughs> you know, that's almost defamatory as well. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a little bit worry. I kind of I kind of haven't watched you know the games. I can kind of see what he's saying. You know, and I don't think he's talking about a general shot stopping. I think Lenny's talking about big saves in big moments. Yeah. Um, and you look back to the cup final last year where Fraser had an unbelievable game. At, you know, a big saves, big moments. And, and when you play for Celtic in goal, you're going to have very, very quiet periods. And, and um, I think I, I learned that pretty quickly as a, a goalkeeper myself for them, that, that your, your concentration levels, you've got to switch into those moments um, and, and be so alert. And, and you have to do that by staying in touch with your back four even if they're on the halfway line because we're pressing the game. You know, you've got, maybe you've got to get involved with the linesman or anything you can to keep you engaged in a game of football. Now, at this moment in time, you haven't even got the supporters to bounce off, you know. And, and I think, as a, again, as a goalkeeper, whether you're going to away grounds and you've got people behind you that you want to prove wrong or you're at home and you've got your supporters that, um, you know, are making sure that you're, you're on your toes and the Celtic supporters used to do that regularly, I can tell you. <laughs> um, it's, it's very different. And I think, you know, Vasilis has obviously not, not learnt that yet. Um, but um, hopefully that will come for him. How, how big do you think is the goalkeeper factor in what's happened this season? I mean, it, it, it's not, obviously it's not everything. It's one position. But Celtic have gone from Fraser Forster, one of the best in the land, and a yeah. big influence on everything in yeah. front of him, to goalkeeping chaos, yeah. really, this season. And on the other side of the city, you've yeah. got Alan McGregor, um, who produces big saves when they're required. I mean, Alan's a, a, a crazy cat, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement, um, I think, yeah. You know, yeah, but you watch him, and um, he's completely in control of his goalkeeping emotion, even though it might not be as sometimes uh, very, very apparent because of the things he does. Um, I, I think, um, you know, m- my personal opinion before the season started, and I, I think I did an article, right, was that, that the, a key signing was going to be the goalkeeper. You know, I was an advocate for trying to bring uh, uh, Fraser back. If I hadn't, I'd, it would have been someone like Joe Hart. You, you need it at, at this at this level and at this time for, um, you know, to, to, to challenge Rangers, I think. Um, and so... You know, maybe maybe Mr. Trick. Um, obviously, they've done their recruitment and saw Avilius uh, uh, as, as someone that might be able to do that. Um, it hasn't proved the case. So, you know, Scott's got a, a responsibility now, and then you know he's shown it. He's he's got um, a trophy full of a cabinet full of trophies himself. So he he was about to play for Celtic, and um, he came from nowhere as well, Scott. If you if you think back to the to the history of his arrival. What, what do you think is happening at Celtic at the moment? Is there a plan? Is there an obvious plan? I mean, Neil Lennon's in charge for how much longer? Could be the rest of the yeah. season, but then Celtic need to be rebuilding. Yeah. They need to be thinking about strengthening, improving, uh, prov- giving a challenge to Stephen Gerrard's team next season. They're already signing players for next season, Rangers. Yeah. Uh, Celtic are in the early stages, but, but actually behind it all, you know, is Peter Lowell in for the long term is Neil Lennon going to be there for the rest of the season what do you think Jonathan yeah. well I, you know what I, I'm sort of kind of reticent because you, you know Rob and you've been around the game and you know and Stuart will tell you as a, as a manager that, that there are sometimes things that go on in football clubs that we don't know about 
okay, um, uh, unless you're actually inside them. And, sure. And, and as, a, as a big Celtic supporter, I kind of, I, I understand that, and I've been a, you know, a coach over the last six, six years at a good level, and you, you know, supporters and, and, and we don't always know what's going on. There's clearly something not right, um, and you can't put your finger on it. I would just, I, again, I'm going to go back to the word um, uh, presence, you know. Um, you know, I looked at um, Celtic against Livingston, and during the week, and um, I looked at the holding midfield player, and I think have we have we really got that that solidity in front of a back four when you go away from home? Um, you look at the creativity which is required. You know, have we got a proper Lubo in there? I, I know I'm harping back, but mm. this, this is a fact. Um, yeah. You know, have we got have we got the presence of a big centre forward who's going to hold the ball up away from home and give you a different way of playing and a platform? And then have you got runners off them? I'm, I'm not sure at this moment in time that um, that Celtic have that. And I think there's been um, obviously a change from Brendan's style of football where it was possession-based. Um, and he did. He had a couple of little match winners in there as well. Um, and I think, um, you know, transition's an easy word to use. And it's not, it's not a word you can use when you're an, you're an old firm manager, but it kind of feels like that at this moment in time. Yeah, and we, we've had um, angry Celtic callers on this show, as you can imagine, um, in, in recent times, saying what a waste of 600 quid that was um, buying a season ticket. And, and there, thereby hangs a, an important situation uh, for a club which wants to sell season tickets for next season. And there are a lot of disenchanted fans around. Yeah, but do you know what, Rob? Maybe that's... Um kind of the saving grace is that uh, everybody be dying to get back to Celtic Park, yeah. you know, and uh, even from where I am, I won't, won't be letting mine go. Um, and, and that's it's probably the, the sad thing around this season, um, that, that um, supporters won't be able to actually enjoy whether it's, you know, Rangers uh, doing what they do and, or, and, you know, you think of the two sides that are now in the, in the, the League Cup final, you know, their supporters are not going to be able to enjoy good times for their clubs. So I believe that uh, at the start of the season or whenever we can get supporters back in the ground, I think you'll see full houses at, at both Celtic Rangers and I think you'll you'll see people really grateful uh, to be watching football matches. Can I say you've done really well for half seven in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Always nice to speak to you, Rob. And, and you, yeah. And hopefully, um, hopefully you'll come and see us, you know, in those days, hopefully not too far away, uh, where we can uh, go international um, maybe you'll come and see us sometime, yeah. but, but I guess the plan at the moment is is New Zealand. You're 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 happy there. Yeah, well, we're happy. My daughter's here, and uh, my son's at Altrincham, and he's they're still we're still playing their games. So um, you is, know, we're, is he a better uh, keeper than his dad? I think he is. Yeah, he's just um, yeah, he, he'll get a chance at some point. He's he's done a he's done a hard route, but um, he's he's all right. He's okay, and he's a he's a good professional. That's amazing. Jonathan, lovely to talk to you and take care of yourself. Right. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Thanks all. I'll see you soon. Bye bye. Cheers, Jonathan. That's Jonathan Gould, the former Celtic goalkeeper. The Bull Radio Football Show. Well, we've enjoyed the show. Hopefully, you have too. The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, Rob McLean, Richard Foster. Have you enjoyed it, Richard? I have. Um, I enjoyed listening to Jonathan Gould, and you can't help but think, you know, when he's in New Zealand and they're playing behind crowds, you just think, well, if only we were an island. Yeah. Then, then things could be better.
And it's better than homeschooling, isn't it, Stuart? Just a bit, Rob, yeah. I think it's safe to say I've enjoyed this more than the, the homeschooling of a day. Tell us about your age range of your four kids. Oh, I gave you this one before the show, didn't I? We've got uh, 14 weeks, I think it is, uh, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old and a 16-year-old. So, go, do, do you take go a drink, figure. Do you take a drink go yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and believe it or not, I've not had many days off over the last number of years, so... Yeah. <laughs> We're catching up on all the, the transfer news. There's been a fair bit of it today with, uh, it seems, Celtic having uh, finally uh, got the deal done pre-contract for Ben Davis of Preston, uh, who will be a Celtic player next season. Maybe he'll be a Celtic player a lot sooner than that because they've got defensive issues. Jack Simpson of Bournemouth um, is going to be pre-contract for Rangers on the back of Scott Wright of Aberdeen doing the self-same thing. And Namdi Offobor, another uh, Bournemouth player, he's a 21-year-old midfielder, um, Bournemouth, I think the noise is coming out of Bournemouth telling us that that uh, is about to happen as well. So Rangers have been busy. Um, moves elsewhere. Well, Jordan White has uh, gone from Motherwell. He wasn't really getting a look in at Motherwell. And he's gone to Ross County. Stuart, what do you make of that? It's it's obviously a, a player that's that's kind of known up in the Highlands uh, for his couple of years at Inverness. Um, probably just wondering and again we had the conversation and probably just wondering uh, about Ross Stewart's situation um, if that's the case of bringing in another target man we all know that there's been a lot of interest in Ross Stewart and, and rightfully so Richard's played with him um, and he's, he's a guy that shows real potential and, and, and looks as if he can kick on as well I think the latest name to be linked with him has been Sunderland um, and we know that that's, that's a big club So and his contract's up so, so it might not take an awful lot of money to get him away that's right start of the season um, Ross's attitude was, was first class you know there was a bit of interest and, and I had several chats with him and his representative and his, his mind was firmly focused on playing for the football club which to be fair I think he, he really did knuckle down and do even with that uh, that talk of interest from potentially bigger clubs but I think it maybe comes to that point with a new signing coming in um, and the fact that he's into the last few months his contract that uh, something may happen there I'm obviously not privy to um, what the outcome of that will be but just looking at it from the outside in now uh, seeing Jordan White coming in I think might suggest that there, there, there could be movement for Ross but, uh, I think. Sorry Richard I was just going to say it seems to me like that Ross County are going to need to move players out because they've got a massive squad they've brought in a few players obviously um, John Hughes has been allowed to bring in players which is, is normally the case but they haven't really let anyone go and in fact they actually stole one of our players back from us on loan and Blair Spittle so right. um, that was a bit frustrating because um, you know we, we need stole. him Stole? Well Ah, they took him back. Um, I think. I think. Is to be honest, is is his loan was running out on the twenty third of January anyway. Um, but yeah, so that, so it was. Um, but like I say, if you look at their squad size now, I mean, I don't know. Stuart will tell you better than I will. But if I'm a manager, I don't want thirty three, you know, thirty plus players because there is no way that you can keep them happy so if you're John Hughes you're maybe saying to the chairman look let me bring guys in but we need to ship a few out because one it'll help your wage bill and two it'll help me actually pick a team and pick a squad for a Saturday Maybe Celtic uh, getting down to business in terms of the, the transfer market that Ben Davis deal we were talking about this is what uh, Neil Lennon had to say uh, on the back of last night's win against Hamilton about transfers I don't know the answer we are looking at one or two areas to strengthen the squad um, we feel we've done great business with Jeremy and we wish him well so we'll just see what the next couple of days brings Yeah I think it was good business wasn't it the £10 million plus for Jeremy uh, from Pong who's obviously a, a, a talent but, um, but he's got a lot to find in his game so to, to make that sort of level of profit Stuart on, on Jeremy Frimpong uh, but you just wonder what, what's coming next for, for Celtic in the transfer market 
it's it's a situation, Rob, that I've thought long and hard about. I've I've heard so much debate and and sat listening to a lot of different things since I've been out of a job and. Everybody talks about what's going on at Celtic. Um, you speak about, I, I think it's a great piece of business with Jeremy Frimpong. Um, if you're talking about, I think it's maybe 11.7 million was what was quoted. I think that's terrific business for, for a young player um, that has had good spells at Celtic, but it's safe to say that he's probably not been at his best of late. Um, but I, I think it's the system, personally. And, uh, you know, it's not my, my job to, to look at what Celtic are doing right now. But my opinion is such that preparing a team against them, and Richard's obviously played for us. In, in teams at Parkhead and I always used to relate it to uh, almost that sort of 4 2 3 1 Celtic played uh, combinations in the wide areas, rotations in the wide areas, strength being attacking fullbacks, wide players, um, an out and out number 10 that was cute and clever playing between lines. Um, and I've looked at that since even we've played against them this season um, and reverting back to that 3 5 2. And, and again, it's only my opinion. I, I feel that that's where it's all sort of went, went wrong for Celtic. I think that that's where it's all sort of uh, started this. Um, downturn in form um, a lot of questions been asked um, and again this is only this wee bit of experience that I've had and, and, I, and I'm sure Richard will back me up on this one I think we were all fearful of going there when you knew the combinations that they would have in those wide areas and how difficult it was as a fullback, as, as you know uh, to play against them and I think looking at them with a 3-5-2 or with this 4-4-2 diamond um, I don't quite think that that threat's there in the wide area and, and maybe that's uh, a signal of the, the situation with Jeremy Frimpong as well because I think some of his best football last season was played as that offensive fullback. but joining in with the guys likes of Forrest in front of him um, we know he's injured at the minute but I, I think that there has been a real change in the in the tactics Celtic and the in the game plan so to speak and, it, and it's been ripped up and it's been changed a few times of late and um, again this is uh, bits that I have thought about mm. looking from the outside in but I just know through preparing the team that, it, that there has been a big change to their, their system and what you prepare for as a manager and what you encourage your players to think about before games against Celtic and for me there's been a massive contrast this season as opposed to them at their absolute prime last year Yeah I agree with most of what you're saying I think Celtic play very narrow they play everything's in the pitch and I think you know you don't you know you, you know you go, you're playing Celtic you're never going to match them for quality but what you can match them for is energy and legs and you can stifle them if they're all playing in the middle of the pitch there's a lot of bodies in there and it's very difficult for their players to get to get themselves into positions to score goals now if you're wanting to give the guys like Turnbull um, and Sorrow in midfield space you need to try and spread the other team out right I mean I've I've played against Celtic so many times at Parkhead and, and never enjoyed it you know I've been on the end of some real real beatings there um, but one of the first guys I played against was Aidan McGeady and he was an absolute nightmare because when the ball was on the other side of the pitch he'd stay wide so me as a fullback, I'm tucked in to cover my centre half and and you just know that ball's getting switched and as it's going over you're thinking I'm 1v1, I've got no help here but they kind of, Stuart said, they went away from that and they almost, they moved the ball that slowly that the ball would go to the wide player but that you could get two players over so then then you've got a 2v1 in your favour and then they kind of come out and, and try again but they move the ball so slowly I think when you contrast it with the speed at which Rangers move the ball um that you're able to move your whole team as a shape and you can get across and it makes it really difficult for them. Um, and I also think they lack midfielders who want to run beyond the striker. Now that creates so much space because centre-backs, full-backs, if a player runs forward and they've got time in the ball, you need to drop. So that's when you drop, that's when you create the space for Edward, for Griffith. But they don't do that. So Celtic are constantly playing in very, very tight areas. Consequently, they can't play very quickly and they're easily able to be stifled. They look like they're getting a bit 
more success. But you know, we're we're talking about Celtic's first win in January. Was it January tw- the twenty? Yeah. Sixth or seventh mm. or whatever it was. That's their first win this year. And with all respect, it was Hamilton at home. Years gone by, that's a given. That's a four five. No, that's yeah. no. You don't even think about Am that. Am I not right in saying that they kicked off the season with a, a five against Hamilton? Odson Edwards scored a hat trick. What? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, they did. Um, and again, probably thinking that at that point with the result that they're they're going to kick on. But I've actually spoke to a lot of people in football and and, and several Celtic fans that that maybe actually didn't feel that it was it was quite right. Even in day one, there was some good goals scored. But I, I, th- I think that sort of that zip and that that bit of zest to their play maybe was even lacking on the day. I think Hamilton had several chances in day one. Um, they definitely give up way more chances now than they ever have. Yeah. Like yeah. In, in in the last. Five, six, seven, eight years. Going to Celt- going to Celtic Park has become a completely different experience, hasn't it? Well, you look from, at, from last season to this you season. You look at the game there, two 0 but at one 0 Moyle's standing himself six yards from Celtic goal. You know, we're talking about them signing a centre half. Well, they need him in quick because the ones they have at the moment are not defending the middle of their goal. I mean, it's. I think Moyle's probably got way more time than he realizes, and that's that. You know, that makes it one each, and it's a completely different game. And and with the pressure they've been under. It, you know, it just they, they just seem to be shooting themselves in the foot all the time because they're giving up far too many opportunities. One more message I'm, I'm going to squeeze in for a go on the socials. It's from Paul. He says, and it's a familiar theme, uh, and it will be a lot of uh, the conversation today on the back of last night's games. Surely, if you go on about Morella's stamp on a Hibs player, uh, it's only fair that you mention the Hibs player who stamped on the Rangers player. Or is it... Just a witch hunt against Rangers as usual, says Paul. Well, I think if you've been listening to the, this show, um, you'll find the conversation being pretty balanced because we spoke about the Darren McGregor one on uh, Chris on uh, Glenn Kamara as well. Yeah, Richard mentioned it earlier on. He he obviously had a take on it. Um, I think Darren McGregor's silly to, to uh, throw the plate to the ground. I think it was Kamara that he throws him to the ground. Um, he runs a risk because there's contact again um, I think we have been relatively balanced in terms of some of the instance um, I, I think he can get a red card for it put it that way um, if the referee deems that he has uh, stamped on him with, with real intent then, then he's, he's seen a red card I, I probably side with Richard on this one I, I th- there is contact for me but I, I don't visibly think he's he, he's tried to stamp on the player he shouldn't throw him to the ground uh, but I think he tries to withdraw his foot to a degree so yeah. from that point of view I think he probably got it right Stuart, good to have you on the show and uh, hopefully speak to you again soon. Wish you all the best and Richard as well. Good to good to have you around. We're just a couple of days away from uh, yet more Premiership football. Celtic against St Mirren coming up on Saturday. These rearranged games, of course, because the Scottish Cup's not happening. Dundee United, Hibs, Kilmarnock, St Johnston, Livingston and Aberdeen. We'll be looking forward to those on the Go Radio Football Show, which returns tomorrow at five. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk